Welcome to Deconversion Therapy. This is your letter said where we read you your embarrassing stories. This is Bonnie. It's yep. <laughs> <laughs> the first joke tonight. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. What we were just talking about before these people interrupted us by listening to us. You were saying that you listened to one of the crime podcasts I listened to. Yeah. Yes, and I might bleep it out. We will see once I say this. But what were you saying about it? Okay, so there's somebody going along and telling the story, and then all of a sudden somebody will interject with the exact thoughts in my brain, like, well, why do you think somebody was breaking into the house? Good question. And they, they like ask the question and then answer. And you've accused me of doing that sometimes. So I finally know what you're talking about. No, no, I don't think you do that at all. I think what happens on that podcast as an expert in the field (laughs) of crime podcasts is it's more like, um, and then they broke into the house. (gasps) What? (laughs) How how did they get into the house? Well, they got into the house. Like, to me, it's like, of course, the main person is telling it chronologically, and you will hear it, sidekick chick. But there's something about her voice that just annoys the shit out of me, which everyone is laughing since they're saying that about me, or hopefully you instead. But nonetheless. Probably. Yeah. They, um... But I, I wait I, a minute. I think it's the same person. I think wait. that person just goes, hmm, that's not, the person doing the podcast goes, hmm, oh, no, no, that's not clear right there. And then she comes in like this with my fake voice, like <laughs> Joey Lauren Adams, <laughs> and just uh, interjects something. That would be better. Unfortunately, it's not. And these people have been friends since they were young, just like us. So that oh. means one of us is annoying. And I will let you guess <laughs> who I think it is. So I know you think <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think it's me. But so I sort of like kept that a secret between my friends and I who listen to that podcast. Like some people are like, I cannot fucking listen to it anymore. And some people have actually tweeted, is there any way to get that podcast? Can anyone take that other person's voice out? So I can, yes, it's really bad. So like they've gotten, is don't you, okay. So last night was the first night I listened to it and I'm like, wow, this is really awesome and streamlined. A, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like Um, about it. Yeah, but that other person is like, think it's that that other person says exactly what's in my brain. Like, well, if this happened, how can that happen? And then they ask it. I'm like, oh, thank God someone's looking out for my interests. Oh, no. Yeah, now we have a big divide. That's right. I'm common. (laughs) That's right. It's that, what, remember that old um, musical, like, I don't know what it was, but it was something like, where are you going? I'm going to Ned's funeral. And then someone said, oh, is Ned dead? So like that kind of useless question is what I think. But if that is a question you have in your heart and soul, no, (laughs) you've already said it. You've said it. You can't take it back. But so I was on TikTok. Speed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 
and um, someone, you know, who nobody knows, just made a video about it, like how she just cannot handle that Mm -hmm. other person in it. And then everyone is like, oh, it's so bad. Well, the main person of the podcast shows up, and she's like, hey, you know, that's fine if you don't want to listen, but don't be mean about it. And I was like, what? Like, first of all, if people were talking shit about us, which they are somewhere, we have not found them yet. <laughs> but I would just they be... They, wait, they haven't gotten out of bed to try to, like, type anything right, back at us. Right. <laughs> They're thinking it. They're still on a Blackberry, like, I'm hitting send. And so... My Palm Pilot is I don't this. think. I don't think I would say anything. I mean, I would get in touch with you and be like, what? But so she gets on there and she she says her piece. Be nice. And I thought people would be like, you know, oh my God, or, you know, love your stuff, whatever. Because it's a huge podcast. She started her own network. It's huge. People were like, we have been telling you for years we hate it. You are not listening to your (laughs) listeners. If you... Everyone piled on and just was like, listen, this is it. If you just want to stick with what you're doing, you're going to have people leaving you, you know. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) So I'm sending it to my friends while, you know, they're... One was driving somewhere and all that. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have to look at this. And look at the comments. Oh, my God, she showed up. (laughs) We've been telling you for years. I know. (laughs) And they're just like, listen, I'm sure she's a very nice person, but it's one of those. But after you listen to a few, I think you'll see. And um, I could quasi see. Like, bless, she's a very bless-your-heart-ish person. She's very sincere. I have a feeling she is religious. And that's not to say anything except that there's a lot of, I don't know. She's not snarky. She's, like, very earnest, right? That's it. And I think it's the earnestness that gets me, because you can be, like, saying something in earnest, like, 12 people died at this and this, and that's earnest. But the earnestness that comes back and goes, oh, my gosh, I would be so upset if 12 people died. It's like, right. So there you go. If I have bleeped out the thing, you guys can just try and find it out yourself. But there are other ones that I like. I'm liking this one. Uh, I think it's called Going West. And I'm a bit jealous of them as podcasters because they're a couple, which means they also live together. You want to live with me? I know. You want to know me in the biblical sense. (laughs) (laughs) But all they get to like record whenever they want. They're like, oh, 1 a.m. I can't sleep. Wanna do another podcast? All right. Okay. But I I really like theirs (laughs) because they have a lot on there. And oh Give okay, me, but have you, you listened know. to the one that you? Yes, I'm. I'm praying you've listened to the one with David Spade and Dana Carvey talking no. about SNL stuff. 
Okay. Don't look away like that. She looked away mm-hmm. and then looked and rolled her eyes like halfway. Everyone knows my love of David Spade by now. Loved him. <laughs> you gave me a book of his. My husband knows. That- it was a good book, too. Oh, it was good. Good. So good. Yeah. Um, his book was good. Y'all. I only remember one part, and that's the, you know, <laughs> the people got Kate Spade back. with him, that's not it. just people. Not just okay. people. Well, if yeah. you sleep, you're a girl, you and you come over and you sleep with him. He's like, eh, go go check into the next room and get a, and get a spade purse on the way out. I know. <laughs> and you know what I tried to do? I tried to emulate it, and I slept with every coach <laughs> out there. Baseball coach, hockey coach. Um yeah, with, with knee-high white cotton <laughs> socks. Their little Nikes and sands about shorts. I'm gonna get that bag. The thing that got me about <laughs> David Spade is he just came out with the podcast. He's been all over, of course. He's doing everything. And one of the posts I see him say is, look, number one. And I'm just, it, to me, it felt like when I was a supermodel, on all the magazine covers. <laughs> and then yeah. suddenly all of them were like, let's use like celebrities, Hollywood people. And they started yep. putting movie stars on the covers. Yeah. Some of the young ones don't even realize there used not to be any movie stars on like fashion <laughs> covers. It was all models. There and used there's not the to be. <laughs> what are you, Yoda? <laughs> there used not to be. <laughs> so that's the issue, though, with with Dave, Davey. Is he's like, yeah, number one. I'm like, but you have this huge platform. Any yeah. kind of person like you, it doesn't mean it's any better than any of the other podcasts out there. You just have <sighs> someone who's doing your editing, your marketing, <laughs> your this, your that. You're just, it gets to be all that good stuff. And then you get to push other podcasters further down. <laughs> That's well, what I, I want to hear every single thing they have to say. And it was awesome because they talked to Rob Lowe. It was funny. Uh, I I I don't know. Yeah. I I'm well, bitter. I'm bitter about it. I know. So but if the I world was see. back, if the world was back up in order, they'd be busy with jobs and couldn't do it. So you know, and that's it's, true. It's it's part of the times. And if if the world was back up in order, I wouldn't be working on the podcast. Like, you know, 12, 16 hours a day to then see David be like, number one. Like, oh, shut your little. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But if he still, if he wants to call, he can. (laughs) Nice. Nice invitation. Five, five, five. Um, One, two, one, two. Oh, um. You almost gave out my phone number from when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Okay, so should we read some letters from people? Eh, okay, let's do it. Eh. How about you? Right. Why don't you start us off, Bonnie? I want to read this first one because they used some some all caps letters to describe their story. Shouty caps. All right. Shouty caps. Okay, my story. Beastie 
Melody. <laughs> That's the old cat part. It's David Spade in this one, too. Um, and I have a bestiality comment to make after, if you remember to remind me, because I won't remember, because people, I'm drinking a beer. Okay, so... Okay, I'm reading one bit of the sentence into it, so I'm going to try to go, Hey, ladies! <laughs> Hollered to the tune of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> A modern reference. That's what this person wrote? <laughs> or right. is that you? Okay. That's not me. Um, uh, question. Is a sermon about bestiality funny, or shall we just forget that happened and move on? Because huh. there's cuckoo bananas aplenty where they came from. The following may sound too stupid to be true, but take it from me and my anxiety medication. These (laughs) things happened. And then they enumerate them. One, Mennonites in general are known for erring on the side of caution. And by that, I mean silent judgment. (laughs) But but the church my husband and I joined in adulthood was proudly different because our church had a pastor who was originally a Baptist, all caps, and he made it clear that we better get ready for some good old baptism in the spirit. Here's here's Karen's part. Tongues, (laughs) prophecy, (laughs) and most importantly, freedom to writhe and bellow like a moron and get the jimmy legs (laughs) and wear stupid hats or throw babies in the air. How can, what if you don't realize you have restless leg syndrome and you think it's the spirit? (laughs) I never heard that term until Seinfeld, Jimmy Legs. (laughs) Um, Did I tell you about my Jimmy Leg in a public area once? So I'm a super nerd, and, like, hanging out at libraries is fun for me. So I went to this one library in our hometown, and um, I was sitting, I guess, in a position that it was cutting off my entire leg functionality. But I did not know that. Uh, I guess it went numb. I guess the muscles were doing something. So I, like, stood up, and I was going to go put a book back on a shelf <laughs> and there's this whole open area where everyone's sitting i'm on the edge of it i'm at three o'clock i need a walk to nine o'clock so i take one step fine the next one my leg shoots out straight in front of me <laughs> like a like a grover arm and everyone turns and looks and i just put it down and i'm like okay it's a risk if I turn and go sit back down, that's two or if steps. If I keep going, if I keep, yes. So I took another one. There it goes a flailing uncontrollably. I've never had that since then. Uncontrollably, is and this so college? then of course I just started running. So one leg is like way at nearly a ninety degree angle going up, and the other one's just down regular. I'm just going to leave. People were like laughing. Back to Jimmy Leg. Back to Jimmy Leg. Okay, we're going to say Jimmy Leg again because I like to. And most importantly, freedom to writhe and bellow like a moron and get the Jimmy Legs and wear stupid hats or throw babies in the air or hold a rock in your hand for no apparent reason. (laughs) (laughs) If you blamed the spirit, you could get away with anything and all of those things happened regularly. 
I wanted to be freed to speak in tongues. I really did. But I was raised for mindful Mennonite worship, not this caterwauling that no one could really explain. (laughs) And I would have... And I would have barred Jesus Christ himself from tossing my baby. Thank you very much. (laughs) I tried my hardest to make nonsense noises because the head menocostal... Is that a word? Okay. Wow. I never thought of that. Coined word, coined word. Yeah. The head menocostal told me I needed (laughs) to break some chains. But as I listened to my friend praying in tongues one evening, all I could think of was, isn't she just repeatedly mumbling the lyrics of an Amy Grant song? (laughs) (laughs) L, what is it? El Shaddai, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Nobody knew what was between those two. Except our college friend, youth group leader. Um, Okay, so she said it never really happened for me. Okay, continuing with the numerology. Number two. One Sunday during worship, and by that I mean singing the same song for 15 minutes while Mm -hmm. waiting for someone to start weeping and baby tossing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I would sing if there was the promise of baby tossing at the end. (laughs) My God, 15 minutes. Are they like, throw it here, throw it here. Okay. There's so many things you could watch on TV in 15 minutes. Fuck singing in church. Okay, sorry. A woman came down from the stage and stood right in front of me, like her butt was directly in my face as she waved her hands and wailed. I later heard that the spot in which I chose to sit was seen in the spirit as a shrouded place of darkness. So she had to stand there and fight for the light. The gaslight, I'm thinking now. (laughs) The gaslight, pun intended. Okay, number three, about that baby tosser. I'll call her Jane, because if she were a boy, I'd have called her Dick. (laughs) (laughs) There was no stopping this one with her homemade flowy pastel stir. (laughs) (laughs) There was no stopping this one with her homemade flowy pastel skirts and unprofessional (laughs) ballet moves. She would would draw... She would draw with crayons up on stage while the pastor spoke as a look-what-I-can-do form of worship, apparently. She could lay face down on stage right in front of the pastor while he was trying to make a point, another form of who's-watching worship. Sometimes without warning, she would walk through the pews, grabbing people's hands and forcing some weird conga line worship train again. Again, while the pastor was preaching. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Can you imagine our pastor, like, allowing that uh, for a lady? No. No, he he dare not want anyone to distract from everyone (laughs) looking straight at him and listening. Um, It says, and yes, sometimes during the singing weeping portion of the morning, she took someone else's baby and tossed it in the air. (laughs) God, she got away with it several times before this one baby's mother came and halted that particular form of worship. Jane asked me once, 
which spiritual gifts do you possess? We had taken a course. I listed my top three and asked her the same question back. She just smiled piously and said, oh, I've prayed for all of them. I sputtered a snotty, how nice for you, in response. She wins, I guess. She was determined to be my teacher one way or another, but all I ever learned was that being jabbed in the ribs with a flagpole hurts like a bugger. That's so specific. I love it. Um, let's see. I'm sure than me. I'm sure it yeah. was the flags. This this had to be a banner church that had El Shaddai stitched in gold on a purple flag. Okay. Oh. People holier than me eventually discerned that she was cursed with the spirit of Jezebel. But then literally one week after making this declaration, she was promoted a leader of flags and writhes <laughs> by the pastor who, number four, yes, this pastor dialed the ick factor up past 10 by chastening some anonymous center for bestiality in front of the whole church. Yay. Bellowing. Yeah, bellowing, here we go, quote, and I know which of you have done this. And at this point, my husband and I were so gobsmacked, we wanted to get up and walk out, but we were afraid of the head swivels and assumptions, not to mention the potential calls to the SPCA that our horrified (laughs) walkout might incur. Oh, my God. Holy. So when they say bestiality, he's actually accusing someone in the church of doing it. Uh, uh, that's all I can assume. I would dial 911 and just put it on speaker and just say, listen, just listen. <laughs> um, okay, Whew. here we are. I'll leave you with something a little lighter. At some point, this pastor realized he was losing his audience, so he made us all sing Dido's white flag during worship time. Going to jazz this place up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He must be in Atlanta. Um, Imagine all of us swaying and weeping and singing, I will go down with this ship while the pastor stood at the podium nodding and perhaps planning a Kool-Aid handout. Uh, (laughs) In the end, he was asked to leave. Wow. That's that's comforting. Hmm. Yeah. In hindsight, he was a joke, and I'm choosing to laugh because I'm done with wailing, and I've never felt so much freedom and joy in my life. Stay classy. <laughs> Connie from Canada. <laughs> I want my first name shared on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> God. So if the bestiality stories isn't keeping people from showing up to church, Dido is not going to help because now <laughs> I'm, I would be... Insanely curious. So when I was doing mission work, we went, I can't remember, but a group of us went somewhere. And one of the guys, missionary guys in our group, we were with people in like someone's house and they had a baby and the baby wanted to be held by everyone. So he did the sort of baby throwing. Um, The baby wanted to be held by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't Such. like a newborn. It was like, you know, the the kind that would reach up to you and, you, you oh, know, God. pick it up. Hold me. So he <laughs> was throwing the kid and the kid was laughing. And then the kid, right into the ceiling fan, 
hit its head, got nicked. And we were just like, shit. And the baby was okay. But it's like, you know, you go home and just like, well, that outreach did not go well. Should we determine that that baby was okay? That I think it like got, it was crying and I think it got a gash and it was one of those things where the parents, you know, were just like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know. Oh my God! But Cut this is also eighteen years later. The guy that was throwing him was also someone who um, he he was like, I'm a chef, and we just found out he had worked for about a year at a McDonald's. So wow. Anyway, so there was a nut job at a building where I had to go in frequently. And this guy, every time he would say my name, he would say it in a funny way. And I'm like, ha, 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 here we go. And then Mm -hmm. you'd have to listen to him talk. And then he would say things and then make jokes. So his one comment to me, though, one time was, listen, I think that people who put outfits on their animals, that's bestiality. I'm like, what? (gasps) And he's like, that's not the God. That's not the Jesus I know. The Jesus I know doesn't want you to put outfits on your dogs. And I'm like, then I don't want anything to do with your (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Because a dog in a sweater is just cute. (laughs) But I thought you were going to go like, if that means that you are then attracted to an animal, that's a different conversation. <laughs> no, it was just he said that that's, I don't know, I think he equated it to bestiality. Well, he shouldn't. I don't know. Um, He's dumb. He's dumb. D-U-M. <laughs> Who else wrote us? <laughs> okay, next we have Brit. And Brit says, Hi, first of all, I love you ladies, and I'm so grateful for this podcast. Why, thank you, Brit. Okay, so what I grew up. What do you think she means when she says that? I know, I'm just a liar. <laughs> okay, I was so trying I- to be that person. Oh, do it oh. again. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Do you think she means it? No, I do not. <laughs> All right. Um, so Britt says, okay, so I grew up in, whoops. Okay, so I grew up very involved in a small town Nazarene church in the Midwest. From age five, my best friend was the pastor's daughter. It's a problem. Ooh. Side note, 25 years later, she is still my best friend. I deconverted Aww. first, but she got there eventually. Good for you. Uh, Brit's friend. One day after playing at her house, my mother asked me why I was being so quiet. I immediately broke down and tearfully confessed that while I was at our pastor's house, I had looked at a book with, quote, bad pictures of naked people in it. What? At the pastor's house. (laughs) That's what she said. My mother was obviously concerned at first until she realized, after calmly pressing me for a bit for more information, that we had not been looking at our pastor's secret porn stash, Mm -hmm. because he had that hidden in the basement, Karen adds, but rather at some kind of 
art book that included pictures of African statues, figurines, some of which were depictions of gas, topless tribal women. That's their secret tricky way of looking at naked ladies. Exactly. Come on. And don't say that pastors interested in missionary work, that's why they get National Geographic. It is not. They're looking at tribal boobies. Uh, my innocent, and may I add Brit, still innocent, sheltered six-year-old mind didn't know the difference. She assured me that I had not done anything wrong and immediately called our pastor's wife, barely containing her laughter as she confronted her about her dirty book collection. I'm still <laughs> teased about this story to this day. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for all the laughs and for being so relatable. I, I can't tell Tell Brit what the truth is. Brit sounds <laughs> sweet and sincere and knows not that she stumbled <laughs> into she knows. Oh man. I saw this statue today in a lobby where the person was just nice and calm and then their head was to the side and it looked like they were napping until I realized their head was at like 90 degree angle to the side like you can't do that with your neck in real life oh that's bad art bad it has to look exactly like people is what i've been told good art is well the 90 degree angle part was a little disturbing because (laughs) the middle of the head was also right in the middle of the neck so something something was (laughs) off oh my gosh i just wonder if if pastors ever had playboys yeah For sure. All right. So this is exciting. This person calls us Dear Divas of Deconversion. Ooh. Ah. I so love your podcast. (laughs) It's very sweet. I listen to your show on the way to and from work and often laugh out loud with any unique slant. Only the hellbound can appreciate. (laughs) Wait a minute. We don't acknowledge hell. Um. Having been raised in the fundamentalist tradition and having graduated from a Bible college and having worked as a church pastor and Uh, having been employed as headmaster of a Christian academy, I have lots of stories to share about the southern branch of the Christian crazy that runs naked and screaming down the streets of America. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) The following is a memory from my Bible college experience I'd like to share. Picture it. Eastern Kentucky, 1983. I was a junior in Bible college full of spit and vinegar for the Holy Spirit, (laughs) but also beginning to see chinks in the armor of the biblical Christian soldier. I had recently auditioned for an upcoming school production of Arsenic and Old Lace and was thrilled to learn that I had landed a small part, though I was completely unfamiliar with the play's theme. To be honest, I was looking forward to having something to do with my free time as campus life at... Uh, Christian college was so fucking boring most of the time. <laughs> That's right. And I remember yeah. our college put that on, too. I think every really? school puts on arsenic and old lace because they always have the costumes. Uh, it's just uh, old people <laughs> costumes. Young kids just nice. love going at that. 
Um, Once rehearsals started, however, it slowly began to dawn on me why this play was considered a dark comedy, as it detailed the crimes committed by two old spinster sisters who ran a boarding house in the 1940s. You would think, having read the Bible, that the combination of mental illness and murder wouldn't have been as shocking (laughs) to my naive 20-year-old mind, but there I was, cast in a play about two crazy old ladies poisoning lonely old men with arsenic-laced elderberry wine in a humanitarian effort to put them out of their misery. I see no problem. (laughs) I do not recall the plot of that play. I'm sure I've seen it several times. This person... Put it perfectly. I also agree with Dexter. Okay, move on. Um, Their equally insane brother, who thought he was Teddy Roosevelt, would then bury these bodies in the basement of their boarding house, which he believed to be Bunker Hill. (laughs) That's a lot of alliteration, too, by the way. Oh, that's good. I I heard it. Okay, so let's say the play's director, a creepy old professor with a bad comb over, because really, are there good comb overs, (laughs) Um, told us on the first night of rehearsal not to worry about the obviously sinful part of the play, because he was taking the liberty of changing the reference of elderberry wine to elderberry tea, so as not to offend. Um, I'm not going to say, because I have a feeling... This person is going to say something that I am okay. thinking. Go ahead. I can remember looking around at my fellow thespians with what today I would describe as a what the fuck expression <laughs> and being greeted by blank stares and nods of approval. Was I the only one there who noticed the blatant hypocrisy of this bullshit? I no, did. You were not. I did. <laughs> As the weeks of rehearsals progressed and I questioned others in the play about their take on the change in beverages, I learned from my fellow thespians that they and their families often suckled from the teat of the full-breasted mother of Christian hypocrisy. (laughs) In the South, many Bible-believing... Um, in the South, many Bible-believing families varied on the evils of alcohol consumption depending on the faith. Methodists, for example, were not nearly as anal about passing the hooch as were the <laughs> Southern Baptists. But almost all Christian faiths agreed that alcohol should definitely not be sold on Sunday because that was the <laughs> Lord's Day. That's all in caps. <laughs> a lot of shouting yeah. caps. It's our theme. <laughs> There was a lot to get around when I went to college in Georgia because we couldn't buy alcohol on Sunday and you had to plan. And having college kids plan is not... Mm, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> not that successful. That's where those side businesses come up, where someone buys a lot and then sells it marked up yeah, on Sunday. We, I remember getting a keg one Saturday and then that Sunday we were like, we've got keg left over. <laughs> These upstanding Christian pillars of the community also considered the smoking of tobacco to be a sinful act, but had no problem with growing tobacco or selling Mm -hmm. tobacco to pay Uh, for their children's tuition to Bible college. Go figure. Hardworking farmers. (laughs) That's right. Um, So I guess the moral lesson I learned as a good Christian college student was that I should only serve non-alcoholic arsenic-laced beverages <laughs> to my non-smoking house guests. It's all about perspective. Committing to preconceived murder just doesn't hold a candle to the true evils of alcohol and tobacco. 
Just be sure to have a crazy relative handy with a shovel in case things get crazy. Love you, divas. Rob. <laughs> so oh sweet my gosh. to be divas. So many loopholes. So, so many, many loopholes. Just go ahead and kill them. Don't take care of your, you know, mentally ill <laughs> cousin. <laughs> Uh, but just make sure you don't do elderberry wine, which yeah. does probably have a high sugar content, which there in itself <laughs> could be the sin that they were really looking yeah. at. But and like, if you go back to the Ten Commandments, murder, yeah, that's fine. Just don't drink. And and that wine is yeah. not even on those ten. Not that there aren't a bunch of others. And then we'll end it with Tracy. She said, not really a story, but I thought you'd enjoy it. When I was engaged to my now ex-husband, an older couple in the church counseled us that their intimate life was so much better when they started speaking in tongues during sex. No! It's something I never wanted to know and now can never forget. (laughs) (laughs) No! No, no! Now that puts El Shaddai in a different light. (laughs) El Shaddai! (laughs) And that's it. You guys, send in your funny stories. Uh, We will take them all. We love reading them, and we love the community. If you're not a sponsor, you can do that for the price of a latte on Deconversion Therapy Podcast because we do Zooms every month, and that's where even Bonnie shows up, and we have like a like a fun church service, I'll say. And then you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and all those great things. Maybe Twitter, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, okay, and back to the ultimate uh, lesson from today. Murdering, fine. Drinking, not. El Shaddai used in many ways. <laughs> Bye. Good night. <laughs> El Shaddai. <laughs> <laughs>